Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a lot of people will take up a new exercise regimen as part of their fitness resolution for the new year. Jogging, weightlifting, CrossFit training, and spinning? We'll meet the woman who has pioneered the concept of spinning as exercise. Also this morning, we get a recap of CES 2022, the latest technology innovations from a scaled-back consumer electronics show this week in Las Vegas. Finley Trojans head coach Jim Rookie on the lessons of the first half of the season in this weekend's games against Fremont Ross and Ottawa Glandorf. And we have recipes for some yummy comfort foods to warm you up on a cold winter's day from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, January 7th, 2020. know is it just me or the the year 2022 just doesn't seem to roll off the tongue quite as easily as i thought it would i don't know now that i now that we get into the year uh it just doesn't seem like 2022 um is sounds as smooth as i thought it was going to sound uh, heading into the year. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. By the way, speaking of the year 2022, uh, if you drive a Honda vehicle, you may have noticed an issue with the year, apparently. Uh, there is a technology glitch. I don't know if you heard about this. There is a technology glitch involving 2004 to 2012 model year vehicles that are equipped with the navigation system. Uh, and Apparently, the clocks in these cars show the current year not as 2022, but as 2002, 2002 rather than 2022. And um, Honda says, apparently, there's not going to be a fix for this until August. (laughs) You're stuck with this until August when the clocks, they say, will autocorrect and users who say they have attempted to reset the clock manually uh, only end up with the whole system freezing up and they can't change it. So apparently if you drive a Honda, it is 2002 and there's not a darn thing you can do about it (laughs) until August. That's weird. I don't know if that's uh, some sort of sign (laughs) as to what this year is going to be like, but uh, anyway couple of uh, really serious stories uh, here among the first things you need to know, the most buzzworthy stories of the day, and I thought were worth pointing out right out of the gate. You remember last month when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejected calls for lawmakers to be banned from trading stocks. There was uh, this story in the news. Some people were saying that... uh, Members of Congress should not be allowed to trade stocks because they are often privy to insider information that would give them an unfair advantage. And uh, there are rules that prevent members of Congress from using said insider information to profit. But there was a report that cited uh, several examples of that rule being ignored or at least Members of Congress kind of dancing on the edge of using insider information. Well, a new poll out yesterday finds that three quarters of U.S. voters, three and four, do not agree with Nancy Pelosi that trading stocks should be allowed. They Three out of four, 75 percent, uh, actually 76 percent of voters agree that members of Congress should not be able to trade stocks while in office, believing they have an unfair advantage in the market. Now, it should be pointed out that this survey was commissioned by the conservative advocacy group Convention of States Action. So there is that. However, they point out that this is very much a bipartisan issue. Republicans, uh, Republicans, Democrats, even independents uh, feel the same way that uh, members of Congress should be banned from trading stocks. Only 5% said that it's okay. 19% did not have a strong opinion one way or another. So if you look at the number of people who are adamant that, yes, this is okay, that's a very small number. Just five. The 
organization's president, uh, Mark Meckler, of the survey said, quote, in an era of hyperpartisanship, voters of all parties agree on this particular issue that members of Congress should not be enriching themselves using insider information while serving the people, while, quote unquote, serving the people. Now, again, there are technically rules against this. Members of Congress are not supposed to use insider information to make investment decisions, and they must report the trades that they have made within 45 days. But Business Insider reported last week that 52 members of Congress have failed to properly disclose their financial transactions, and lawmakers face only very small fines for violating those stock trading rules. So there's not much of a disincentive on this. So uh, this is, we haven't maybe heard the last of this. That may be a story that has some legs and might be something that we talk about uh, many, many times in 2022, especially given the fact that this is an election year midterm elections. So I wonder if this is going to become an issue. Just kind of a, a something worth watching there. Uh, the other story that is uh, of a serious nature, I thought was uh, kind of interesting, a lawsuit filed yesterday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Lawsuit filed Wednesday in federal court uh, claims that Facebook is liable in the killing of a federal security guard by anti-government extremists last year. Angela Underwood Jacobs um, says her brother Dave Underwood was fatally shot by a man who had gone to Oakland, California with the intent to kill federal agents, according to prosecutors. She contends that his death was the result of a plot hatched on Facebook where the accused killer connected with a co-conspirator uh, in the in the plot, uh, both men have pled not guilty. The suit says the men connected after one of them posted a video showing a crowd attacking two California Highway Patrol officers on a Facebook group page associated with anti-government extremists. Uh, Ms. Underwood Jacobs says the two co-conspirators connected on Facebook because the platform recommended one of them join the group. Uh, according to her and according to the lawsuit, Facebook aided and abetted an act of domestic terrorism. Uh, this suit is the latest attempt to breach the broad protection from liability that tech companies have for user-generated content posted on their platforms under Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act. So this is a really interesting, really interesting story. Uh, because the, and, and this has been a matter of debate, uh, over the past couple of years, should platforms like Facebook be held liable for the content that their users post, uh, on the platform. And this speaks to that, but it's, it speaks more broadly to the fact that Facebook actively recommended that one person join this Facebook group. Through its algorithm, it made the recommendation you might be interested in this group. And thus, according to the lawsuit, Facebook facilitated the plot by bringing these two co-conspirators together. So that's an added, that's a new twist on the argument, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that lawsuit. Again, one of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories, most important things you need to know. A lawsuit filed earlier this week. Some of the other uh, buzzworthy stories of the day. You know, people often assume that engaging with traditional forms of media, like books and music and even television, uh, is different and somehow better than engaging in social media. That books and music and uh, good television somehow enriches our lives while social media worsens our well-being. But science proves otherwise, apparently. Researchers in the UK asked adults about their media consumption habits and found that those who consumed books, magazines, or audiobooks had similar happiness and anxiety levels as compared to those who did not. 
while those who engaged with music, television, films, and video games tended to have lower happiness and higher anxiety levels than those who did not. However, and this is where it gets interesting, those differences were very minor. Uh, not, not really all that significant. Those with lower happiness and higher anxiety levels were also more likely to engage with music, television, films, and video games, but not books, magazines, or audiobooks. Still, regardless of the types of media participants consumed or how long they did so, researchers could not predict substantial changes in anxiety or happiness levels overall. The findings suggest that the impact of consuming traditional forms of media on short-term well-being are not at all significant. So I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, apparently, we ascribe more significance to the type of media we consume than we should, as it turns out, at least according to this research. Uh, the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have revealed that your mom was right. Chances are you're not eating your veggies. <laughs> this is important health news. Specifically, 9 out of 10 American adults are not eating the recommended amount of fruits and vegetables. 9 out of 10. Which, by the way, recommended amounts include 1.5 to 2 cups of fruit and 2 to 3 cups of veggies per day. Uh, the state with the largest number of people who are actually meeting those recommendations, Vermont, 16% got the recommended amount of uh, veggies, while just 6% of Kentuckians could say the same. Not a single state in the union fully met the CDC's dietary guidelines. Women, they say, more likely to hit the goals than men, Adults more likely to be eating good stuff compared to their younger counterparts. No big surprise there. And there were ethnic differences as well, which I thought was interesting. Uh, white Americans generally found to consume more greenery as compared to African-Americans and Hispanics in the study more likely to meet their fruit recommendations than Caucasians. So stick that in your and chew on it for a while. I don't know. That's weird. That's kind of interesting. And uh, and one other uh, item here among the first things that you need to know this morning. This is something for you to think about. Apparently, your dog's brain is a little smarter than you might think. Researchers in Hungary scanned the brains of 17 dogs and found that the animals could tell the difference between different languages. If you speak to your dog in your native language, they react one way. If you start speaking to them in a foreign language, they recognize the difference and their brain reacts differently. The co-author of the study, Raul Hernandez Perez, says the findings show that while human brains are specially tuned to speech, dog brains probably just detect the naturalness of the sound. The scientists note that while the findings are exciting... They still don't know whether other animals have the same ability. But apparently, your dog knows if you are talking to him or her in your native language or in a foreign tongue. Wow. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories. Think about that. Most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly sunny, cold today with a high only reaching the low 20s. Clear and cold tonight, a low of 13. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office is investigating after receiving a report about a possible credit card skimmer located on a gas pump. Deputies responded to the gas station and collected the device from the pump in question. The Sheriff's Office says the incident is being investigated with help from outside agencies. The Sheriff's Office is encouraging people to closely monitor their accounts and to report any suspicious charges. Get more on our website. One year after a mob of President Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol, federal authorities continue to arrest suspects, including dozens of Ohioans. 
The Columbus Dispatch reports that 38 Ohioans are among the more than 725 suspects who have been arrested and charged in connection with the failed insurrection. Four of those arrests of Ohio suspects took place as recently as December. Of the 38 Ohio defendants, six have entered guilty pleas. As federal authorities continue to investigate the riots and make arrests, Daniel Barnett, ONN News. Hancock Public Health says it'll be offering the COVID vaccine on a walk-in basis for those 12 and older. This will begin on Monday. The Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson vaccine all will be offered. While the vaccines are being offered on a walk-in basis, there are still some set hours, which you can see on our website. Hancock County health officials continue to urge people to take COVID precautions and to get vaccinated if they haven't already. Get more coronavirus resources and information on our website. Two Finley residents have been appointed to the Ohio Developmental Disabilities Council by the governor. Matthew LaFontaine and Molly Dibel have made everyone at the Blanchard Valley Center very proud, says Danielle Collins. We're just really excited to see what the future holds for these two. Um, They're both on DD Council now, so that's awesome for them and Hancock County. Um, We're excited to hear what all that entails for them. She says Matthew and Molly are the first two people from Hancock County to be appointed to the Ohio Developmental Disabilities Council. Their first meeting is coming up next month in Columbus. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, tis the season of New Year's resolutions and getting into better shape, exercising more is a pretty familiar one. So with that in mind, Sheila Thielen is with us. She is a coach of Olympic class athletes with maybe a, a different way of uh, looking at this something that you might not have considered before Sheila when we talk about getting into shape and and getting more exercise people think running think uh, think uh, weightlifting working out joining the gym that kind of thing you have something called spinning what is this it's spinning it's uh it comes from the figure skating world okay 30 years of being a master figure skating coach and training you know half a million kids and athletes worldwide to not get dizzy i can stop you from getting dizzy okay i i now i've always <laughs> i've always wondered i watch the figure skaters and i've always wondered how they do that when they're spinning and this is uh, quite literally spinning i mean that was going to be my next question you know how does spinning work it's quite literally spinning it's literally spinning but it improves your balance and it's part of your cognitive system called your vestibular system which is really the master brain system of how your eyes and ears process back into your brain and what it really looks like use your imagination a little bit is an electric lazy susan so it just, you stand on it and I can control the speed and the direction and you plant your feet on it and I just start spinning you. We also have a, a harness above it so you obviously don't fall off of it, but we can also hoist you up and have you spin in the air too. So almost more like a skating jump. But what that really does is trains your brain. It, it's almost like a scramble to unscramble. So... Uh... I would. I mean, the obvious obvious thing is this would help with uh, things like balance and you know dexterity, that kind of thing. I would. I would think. But you also, as you were mentioning, uh, it it improves the correlation between your eyes, your appendix, your appendages, and your brain. Right. So this is this is more of an an entire body workout, if you will. Yes, in a very easy kind of way. It's, okay. It's spinning, but you're exactly right. It's that proprioception of tracking your brain and your head and your feet, you know, and, and knowing where your body's at. So obviously improvements in balance. So of course I work with a ton of athletes. I work with an aging population. I've been working with some NFL alumni, hmm. just trying to regain that balance post, you know, post concussion, much less multiple post concussions. And it's it's really exciting to see all of the improvements in their balance now, and their cognitive. Okay, um, just as kind of a sidebar uh, on that, uh, can this be used uh, proactively as a preventive tool as well, or uh, you know, especially when you're talking about uh, concussions, that kind of thing? Everybody concerned about that. If we, 
you know, happen to have it as, as a more rehab or is it a preventive type of thing? Absolutely. So one of my former students actually flies helicopters for the U.S. Army. And she talks about the importance of non-spatial disorientation, especially if she's landing the helicopter in sand, you know, knowing where she's at when she really can't see the ground. Okay. So it's that spatial, you know, really avoiding that spatial disorientation that, that really, the spinning really helped train her brain to know exactly where her body is in that proprioception. So if she lands the helicopter, she doesn't struggle. I mean, obviously saving her and the entire crew. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really fun to see the applications out in the military world. So is this really a, a, a workout per se? Again, when we talk about uh, exercising, working out, getting into shape, we think of joining the gym, going for, you know, uh, setting yourself to the, uh, the running regimen or, or something like that, weightlifting and so on. Uh, so is this an alternative or a supplemental thing to all of those other types of traditional workouts that we're talking about? For sure, supplemental. But as we train our muscles and we train our, our ACL and we train those back muscles and biceps, this is training your brain as mm. part of that coordination of everything. So how does one start uh, a, a spinning regimen, I guess, for lack of a better term? Well, there's lots of options. Uh, we've been working, obviously, with physical therapists, occupational therapists. Uh, we've been getting in with a ton of new gyms around the country. So, of course, egg your gym on to buy one. That would make <laughs> good sense. We, we also, of course, install in people's homes. And, of course, the whole key to everything is training. So, of course, we'll train the crew and how to use it properly and you know make the most of really scrambling you to unscramble you. So, uh, again, as a bit of a sidebar, this may be something that folks will see in their local gym here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, and, in fact, in, in some cases may already be seeing it and say, well, what is what is this all about? Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and just, again, to circle back to something you were mentioning earlier, it sounds as though uh, there are benefits for just about everybody, all age levels, all fitness levels, and so on. Yeah, our, our running joke is, of course, you know, do you have a brain? Uh, you could use this. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the other fun part, too, too, is like if you look at like the spinning teacups at Disney World, you know, and, and how many people are like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Because really, your vestibular system, those eyes and ears and how they transfer back into your brain and how your brain processes it already starts to struggle with vestibular at about 25 years old. You know, already you're starting to so, lose those skills. Yeah. And, and it, it's a good point that you make, again, worth underscoring something you were mentioning earlier. Uh, this is something that will train you not to be dizzy. I mean, you mentioned the spinning teacups and, you know, I can see some people, <laughs> I'm already getting ill just thinking about it. This will train you to be better able to handle stuff like that. But like anything else, like any other workout, you don't want to, you know, jump in the deep end uh, right from the get go, I'm assuming, right? Right, right. And so, so it's amazing to see the the skill levels that I work with. Everything from I have one person who does just one turn. That's it. That's all they can do. Mm-hmm. One turn. <laughs> that's but, a lot for them. But then you again, know, but then the again, way, but then again, if you start, you know, uh, lifting weights, you're not going to deadlift 500 pounds right <laughs> right from the starter. If you're starting, exactly. if you're getting on the bicycle, you're exactly. not going to go for a 20 mile ride uh, your first day out either. So uh, just like everything, exactly. you kind of work uh, work up to this. So spinning as a uh, an element of your uh, workout uh, and exercise regimen moving forward as uh, part of your resolution to get into better shape for the new year. Again, uh, Sheila Thielen is with us this morning, uh, coach of a uh, number of Olympic class, class athletes and others. And where do we learn more uh, about this? Of course. Of course, there's the good old website. 
And I do laugh. I'm going to have to fire our marketing guy because, of course, we named the company vestibulartrainingservices.com. So, like, you got to be able to sell vestibular. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. We will link it up on our webpage and make it a little bit easier for folks to find it. But if you are starting an exercise regimen for the new year, this is something that you may want to include. Check it out online. Sheila, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Well, all week long, we've been talking about the annual Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2022 in Las Vegas, that was supposed to run through today, but ended up getting scaled back with a new COVID surge. Award-winning tech expert Andrea Smith joins us now from what was to have been the final day, but instead she's here to kind of give us a recap of the hottest innovations and top trends. So... Going in, Andrea, let me ask you this, frame it this way. What were you looking forward to most this year, kind of going in to all of this? <laughs> well, I was looking forward to being here. <laughs> I have to tell you that. <laughs> um, I was very excited to, to be able to be here. Going in, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect with supply chain issues. Right. The, um, there the we go. car tech is here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I, I've got you now. You kind of dropped out there for a moment, but uh, talk a little bit about oh. some. Talk a little bit about some of the the big reveals uh, from the uh, CES that that really stood out for you. Well, so I've seen a lot of reveals. I mean, I didn't see anything huge except those huge TVs, which were pretty amazing, and some of the big, huge home appliance things I loved as well. But I really, you know, for me, it's all about the consumer gadgets, and I love the companies like Samsung are bringing their latest tech innovations to more consumers. So the Samsung Galaxy S21 FE 5G brings all the fan-favorite features of the flagship Galaxy S21 into a more affordable device. You're going to get that 6.4-inch dynamic AMOLED display, the fast refresh rate for smoother scrolling, the same pro-grade camera system. It's on the S21. More affordable, and more importantly, this is something that you can get this month. It's coming out next week. You know, Chris, usually we have to wait in, you know, right. until Q2, Q3 for some of these products. Now, we're also seeing a lot of personalization in the smart home space, people wanting to create their own in, in, in environments, right, where they're kind of hanging out at home lately. So they're using smart LED lighting, like Dolby slide wall lights. They're colorful. They're they're reactive. Their technology lets you customize and display up to 55 colors at one time. So you can do things like match your team's colors on game day. You just snap the segments together, create your own designs, color combinations, and then, this is so cool, it can react to the music. If you've got a camera on it, you can pick up the color on your TV. <laughs> it will match it on the back of your TV. So it's really very cool. Very cool. What are some of the other uh, tech trends that folks are going to be buzzing about in 2022 based on what uh, you have seen there at uh, CES? So in terms of gadget trends, I will tell you that it's entertainment and baby stuff. So companies are responding to the way We've changed our way of living the last few years, and Samsung's really upping our entertainment options, which is a good thing. They've got the Freestyle, an all-new flexible projector that gives you cinema-quality entertainment on the go. Think of this as like your all-in-one party device. Play music, set the mood lighting, project videos with 360-degree sound for an incredible listening experience. It's got autofocus and auto-leveling, and it's adjustable display between 30 and 100 inches. So this is like, we can just take our entertainment on the go. Great to do. And the other thing is baby tech. It's uh, lots of high-tech baby monitors there that let you watch your baby sleep. But Outlet Dream Duo tracks and gives parents a complete picture, including sleep quality indicators, like how many times they woke up, their movement. So parents can understand and improve their baby's sleep habits because who doesn't want to improve their baby's sleep habits? It comes with the DreamSock wearable baby monitor, an Outlet Cam with 1080p HD video, an Outlet Sleep Learning Program. And this is something, honestly, I wish I had when my uh, son was a baby. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so is there uh, anything... Uh, that is just so out there. I mean, every year it seems, and I don't know 
because it was scaled back this year, uh, whether that's the case this year. But there always seems to be something that is so out there, you can't even imagine that there would be a market for this. Is there something that jumps out at you that you've seen that is just so outlandish that it is just uh, blows your mind? Um, honestly, no, because nothing really here is outlandish this year or, yeah. or that I have seen. And again, it's, it's a pretty huge show. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly, there's no flying car yet that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, because I wonder is, does it lose something a little bit? As I mentioned, it kind of was scaled back this year. They shortened it by a day. A lot of the major exhibitors went, went virtual, which you would think in electronics, uh, in this product category, if anything could go virtual and still pull it off, it would be this. But at the same time, it's just not the same. It's not the same. You know, last year, virtual, it wasn't the same. You need to see this stuff. You need to touch it. You need to have that immersive experience. And also, it's about connections here. You know, you're seeing people. You're talking to people. A lot of these smaller companies, this is where they sell their innovation. This is where they get scooped up and incorporated into other companies. And oh, there's yeah. really so much innovation here. Um, so it's not the same. It is not as big as it was two years ago. Um, there's about 2,000 exhibitors this year. There's usually over 4,000. But it's here, and it's going on, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, here's hoping that uh, we get uh, things back to normal next year, because one thing is for sure, this is uh, one category that is not going anywhere. Uh, it's certainly only going to be uh, bigger and better from one year to the next. Award-winning tech expert Andrea Smith with us. Uh, to recap, the Consumer Electronics Show CES 2022 in Las Vegas. Where do we get more information, Andrea? Uh, head over to d6news.com slash Yes, 2022. Andrea, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It is the final week of the NFL season, and we will have on the air uh, this weekend what will probably be Ben Roethlisberger's final NFL game as the Ravens travel to Baltimore, or the uh, Steelers travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. That'll be in the uh, early window. Uh, Is that tomorrow or is that Sunday? Anyway, we've got that uh, we've got that game. The most interesting, there are still a few playoff spots uh, to be determined. Um, I'm not sure, is Pittsburgh mathematically out of it? They still have a slim chance, I think. But the most interesting playoff scenario in the NFL, the final week of the season, involves the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. If the Jaguars should happen to upset the Colts earlier in the day, then there is a possibility that both the Chargers and the uh, Raiders could make the playoffs if they play to a tie. I was reading about this yesterday, and uh, the writer of this piece um, speculated that there could be a gentleman's agreement if that were to happen. And Jaguars are probably not going to upset the Colts. But if they did, there could be a gentleman's agreement between the Chargers and the Raiders to actually deliberately play for a tie so that both teams could make the playoffs. <laughs> you see that? They would just come out and, and each team would take a knee for 60 minutes so that they would guarantee to end the game in a tie and they both be into the playoffs. I guess it could happen. There's uh, nothing saying that it, it, it couldn't. But uh, by the way, and thinking that, oh, what are the chances that the Jaguars would upset the Colts? Because if the Colts win, they're in, and then it would be the winner of the Chargers and uh, the Chargers and uh, Raiders game that would be in as well. So it wouldn't matter. Uh, but, and you would think that's the most likely outcome, but that, that game, that, that Colts-Jaguars game is in Jacksonville, and the Jaguars have beaten the Colts at home the last t- five times they've played in Jacksonville, something like that. So <laughs> Jaguars can't beat anybody else, but they are undefeated against the Colts in the last like five years. So who knows? It's a crazy scenario, but it with all of the weird tiebreakers they have, but it could actually happen. 
Anyway, we'll wait and see. Meanwhile, it is another weekend of high school basketball, and coming off a huge midweek win against Oregon Clay, the Findlay Trojans will travel to rival Fremont Ross tonight before hosting Ottawa Glandorf on Saturday. Head coach Jim Rookie spoke with John Marshall on this week's Coach's Corner about turning the page on a new calendar year. Early in the season, you lost three straight to fall to one and three. Two of those losses were in games, you were right in the game up to the last minute and lost by seven points in each of those. Since then, you've tightened things up a bit and the result is a winning streak of four straight. What has the difference been between the early part of the season and these last four games? Well, I think, you know, we got off to a little bit of a late start with football and I think we've kind of rounded into shape a little bit. Plus, you know, we displayed some really good teams early on really high level teams and uh, you know played right with them but just couldn't get it done for 32 minutes so friday night you get on the bus you go and face ross a team that is four and five overall two and three in the track it's always an experience when you go to fremont to the purple pit well we're not gonna be playing in the purple pit they have a brand new gym they, have, they? A br- they have a brand new school and a brand new gym that they're just opening up this week i think okay so uh yeah it's gonna be uh going to be interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of excitement over there. No matter what sport it is, what the situation is, one team can have won every game and one team can have lost every game, but when Fremont, Ross, and Finley get together, it always seems to be a real battle. Yeah, it is. We've had some We've had some great games with them. They, they have a nice team. They're athletic. A lot of their guys played football also, had success. Uh, have played for a couple of years. They're very, very athletic kids. That, you know, good ath- athletes, uh, all-around athletes, and have played a couple. Even though they're mostly juniors, they've played a couple years of varsity basketball. So, what are the keys to win and getting back to 500 in league play? Well, I think we need to, uh, you know, be able to guard one-on-one. They're they're going to attack the basket. They're going to look to penetrate and kick the ball out to open guys and we just need to stay in front of the ball something we've worked a lot on and uh getting a little bit better at that and hopefully we'll be able to uh to you know just continue to improve with that friday night and then you get back home again on saturday when you host ottawa glandor the titans six and zero. they're always a formidable opponent well first of all they have a really good player they've got they've got a division one player uh in, in the white kid and uh um, the rest of their guys are good basketball players. You know, they're going to play hard. Got some guys that can really shoot it. They're going to be organized and have a plan. And uh, it's been uh, been great games with them over the last, you know, seven or eight years, how many, how many years we've played them. Ending a stretch of four games in eight days, next Tuesday you host St. Francis in the third league game in that eight-game stretch. The Knights are 0-9 at this point, but playing Clay on Friday, a win could maybe give them a little confidence. I know that you certainly won't take them lightly. Oh, no. they—they they, uh, First of all, they have COVID right now, and I don't think they're going to play Friday. Um, but they have, uh, you know, they have played some really good teams uh, very well, and they're, 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 uh, they're a dangerous team. They do a good job. Their kids play hard, and they've got a couple really nice players. You're about to the midpoint of the season. What do you think you've learned about this team? Well, I think we need to get better defensively. That's the one thing that we, we've we've you know we've talked a lot about that. Worked on that today a lot. Showed them some film, but I think uh positively you know we've really gotten a much better at, at, at sharing the ball we've got multiple guys that can shoot it uh we've been very unselfish as long as we continue to that do that and, and get better defensively you know we we can be uh we can have a nice year trojans and the little giants tonight titans at findlay tomorrow evening here on wfin other games this weekend on our family of stations arlington is at macomb in bvc action on 100.5 wkxa tonight and ottawa glandorf is at st mary's this evening on 106.3 the fox 
Uh, you can follow all of the area games in real time online. The WFIN scoreboard page, powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com slash scoreboard. And catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall, Wednesday nights at 6, live from Ralphie's and anytime on demand at WFIN.com. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. A follow-up. Uh, here, you remember the story we had in the uh, broken news, I believe, some time ago about the owner of a an auto repair shop in Georgia who is having a uh, locked in a bitter pay dispute with a former employee. Uh, the uh, former employee claimed that he was owed back pay. Uh, the shop owner disputed that, and it w- got to the point where the shop owner got so frustrated that he said, to heck with it, and he dumped 90,000 pennies in the driveway of his former employee and said, there, there's your pay. Dumped 90,000 pennies. You remember that story? Uh, The way the original story was framed was that the employee, the ex-employee, was the antagonist uh, in this, and the uh, shop owner was the the victim who kind of got the last laugh. Well, it turns out there's a little more to the story. Apparently, Miles Walker, the owner of the auto repair shop, that dumped those 90,000 pennies in his ex-employee's driveway, (laughs) got the attention of the Department of Labor for his stunt, so they started to look a little closer into Mr. Walker's books, and they found out that, (laughs) that he actually owed former employees nearly $37,000 in back wages that he refused to pay. (laughs) And they further said that his stunt with the pennies in his ex-employee's driveway turned out to be illegal harassment of an employee. So he is now uh, facing court charges uh, for everything that uh, he's been... (laughs) guilty of so (laughs) you thought that the shop owner kind of got the last laugh turned out not so much oh my elsewhere in the uh, broken news this morning a man is accused of stealing an ambulance in maryland uh the scene broke out yesterday at carroll hospital center near baltimore Uh, The ambulance had just dropped off an emergency patient when the suspect hopped in and took off in the emergency vehicle, ramming it into a Maryland State Police cruiser and a Carroll County Sheriff's Office cruiser in the process. (laughs) I, I am really shocked about how often we have stories like this in the broken news, just how often ambulances actually get stolen. It's really... Uh, amazing. You would think that that would be rare, but it is much more common, judging by the number of times we've had stories like this in the broken news. Um, apparently, the uh, the man who stole the ambulance, and his name was not given in the report, uh, eventually ditched the vehicle in the Finksburg area outside of Baltimore, and uh, he was later taken into custody. Fortunately, no one was hurt in the incident, but... Of all of the vehicles you could steal, an ambulance? Really? What? I don't know what the attraction is there. A uh, the employee, an employee in a phone store in Utah, is now facing charges after police say he stole a woman's explicit photos from her device. Police in Roosevelt, Utah, say 33-year-old Marvin Herrera uh, had helped. Uh, well presumably helped the victim who was exchanging her phone, trading in her phone for a new model. And in the process of helping her move all of her data over to her new phone, (laughs) he was able to uh, fiddle with the settings and give himself access 
to her iCloud account. And later, the woman realized that Mr. Herrera accessed it himself and kept uh, some explicit photos that she had <laughs> she had taken of herself. I don't know, for her boyfriend, husband, whatever. <laughs> but he kind of helped himself to those photos. Police have uh, placed the suspect into custody. And, oh my. <laughs> it's just one, one more uh, example. If you get yourself into trouble, you have explicit photos of yourself on your phone. <laughs> this is all kinds of crazy. A state lawmaker in Tennessee is issuing an apology after he was kicked out of a high school basketball game this week. Representative Jeremy Faison attended a game at Providence Academy in Johnson City when he reportedly got upset at a referee and attempted to depants the ref. <laughs> Apparently, there was a confrontation on the court, and, uh, and this guy... Uh, jumped into the fray from the stands. He's a state re- state representative. And he jumped into the fray on the court from the stands. The referee threw him out of the building. And on his way out, he tried to pull the ref's pants down. <clears throat> representative Faison, who happens to be the chairman of the House Republican Caucus, has apologized admitting that he acted like a fool and lost his temper. (laughs) By the way, did we mention that Providence Academy is a Christian school? (laughs) He said his behavior was not at all Christian and not at all mature. (laughs) Not a good look. Not a good look. And finally, in the broken news this morning... A Nebraska man added quite a few new family members by taking a DNA test recently. Quentin Sathoff tells local reporters that uh, he took a 23andMe home DNA test and was shocked to find out that he has 18 half-siblings that he never knew about. It turns out that uh, Mr. Sathoff was uh, donor-conceived. Um, and he had never been told this by his mother. Um, and apparently the sperm donor, um, was very prolific. (laughs) There are 18 half siblings out there all over the country. He says he was able to track down some of his new relatives and has received responses from his half brothers and half sisters in Nebraska, Texas, North Carolina, Maryland, and North Dakota. Wow. How would you like to, that'd be a bit of a shocker, wouldn't it? You take a DNA test, find out you have 18 half siblings you never knew about. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to us a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Why? Why do we ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right? The answer to why defines who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my friends. For my community. For my family. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. So why do you see safe? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Maybe it's because we've packed on a few pounds uh, over the course of the pandemic. They call it the COVID-15. <laughs> uh, we no longer have those washboard abs. But a new survey finds that most men are not exactly thrilled with their physical appearance. In fact, on average, men rate their attractiveness as just a 5.9 on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> Are you a nine? Are you a 10? No, I'm a five. That's it. 5.9 on average. The poll is commissioned by the Superdrug online doctor service. Um, 
They have surveyed over 1,000 men in the United States and the UK to examine how men are feeling about their body image heading into 2022. Overall, just 41.9% of men say that they are happy with the way they look. Uh, but that number is even lower among men between the ages of 36 and 45. So it's not a midlife crisis. Mid- in midlife, we feel even worse at 39.6%. Uh, 36.1% of those between the ages of 46 and 55 are happy with the way they look. Results show that 37.1% of respondents rate themselves below the 5.9 average. Turns out the mirror is the biggest enemy that men have in their homes. 40% say looking in the mirror is the top cause of their body insecurity issues. The overall health and social media, their overall health and social media also are contributing factors, 38.8% and 26.9% respectively. So, you know, it, that is really interesting, especially that social media component. I mean, we talk about, you know, I, I think the uh, stereotype is that women are all obsessed by their looks. And, uh, you know, there's been stories in the news about how social media uh, impacts uh, women and particularly teen girls' uh, self-image in a negative way. This survey shows that men are certainly susceptible uh, to that as well. Kind of interesting. My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio once again. It is time to kick off another year of recipes <laughs> from Kyra's Kitchen. Happy New Year. Yes. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. So I saw this story and I immediately thought of you because <laughs> okay. we have done this how many times? We've been married now 31, 31 years, years and uh, we have done this uh, I countless times. <laughs> If you can't decide where you want to eat for dinner, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can blame your retrosplenial cortex. Okay. That's what it says here. Your retrosplenial cortex. That is the area within the cerebrum the that has been found to be the powerhouse of value choice making. This according to a new study at the University <laughs> of California. Uh, researchers say the retrosplenial cortex acts as a reservoir for valuable information, which distributes that information to other vital areas of the brain. Okay. So that's what's going on. If you... How many times have we done that? How many times have we done that? No. How many times have you done that? You're the picky eater, not me. So it's like, where do you want to go eat? that's not fair. I don't care. How many times have I said, (laughs) you know, you pick... And you're always like, ah, you pick. No, no you I pick. say you pick. No, you be- pick. <laughs> I say you pick because you're and the picky blame, eater. <laughs> and blame the retrosplenial cortex. <laughs> or blame your husband. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it says uh, research uh, say that this neural circuit performance for dig- decision making was likely selected through evolution. So okay. we can bra- blame, blame the cavemen. Uh, yeah. Babe evolution. Darn cavemen. So that's what it is. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you what, there's uh, no argument about these. We've got a uh, great uh, collection of comfort food recipes yes. uh, here that will uh, warm you up on yes. a cold winter's day. I love soup. I love crock pot recipes in the wintertime. So. And this uh, checks off both of those recipes. Yes. Uh, uh, both of those categories. We had this, uh, what, last week? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. made this. Monday or Tuesday. And oh. it was really yummy. Yeah. Slow cooker chicken tortilla soup. Yes. So four and a half cups of chicken broth, one 14.5 ounce can of diced tomatoes with basil and garlic, one tablespoon of minced dried uh, onion, one a teaspoon of minced garlic, one package of McCormick Tuscan chicken and vegetable one skillet seasoning mix. So that's going to be like with all your different seasonings, um, right. like your they have the chili seasonings, the taco seasonings, all that. That's where that's going to be at. Okay, um, in your um, in your aisles. It's much easier to do it that way than to create yeah, your own. Try. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you could create your own, but right. this is just a 
dump thing. So it's awesome. So <laughs> again, goes uh, back to that whole uh, uh, idea of easy yes, recipes. Correct. This makes it significantly easier. Yes, yeah. a half a package of taco seasoning, some salt and pepper to taste, uh, two large boneless, skinless chicken breasts, one fourteen point five ounce can of kidney beans drained, or any type of beans that you like. If you don't like kidney beans, you like black beans, whatever, uh, whatever you want. Okay. One and a half cups of frozen corn and two tablespoons of dried cilantro. So pour your chicken broth, your diced tomatoes into a slow cooker, mix in your onion, your garlic, and your seasoning. Add your chicken breast, then cover with the lid and cook on low heat for about six hours till the chicken is cooked through. Then shred your chicken with a fork. Um... Right in your crock pot. Some people take it out, cut it, and put it back in. I just take a couple forks and shred it right in there. Right there in the... Yep. Right. Add in your beans, your corn, your cilantro, stir. Allow to cook until um, the beans and the corn are all uh, heated through. Serve with uh, warm tortilla chips and cheese. Yeah. It's uh, really yummy. And really yummy smells. and really good. And it was even better the next day. I had it a couple times. Um, this week I've had it mm-hmm. and it's even really good warmed up. One of those, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would imagine that makes sense uh, that it would be even better warmed up because yeah. the, the spices and everything yeah. get uh, even greater yeah. chance to kind of yeah. soak in and permeate yeah. and all of that. So Yeah, the other thing stuff. that I did um, was I added a little uh, uh, pepper um, into it. Uh, like a green pepper? Yeah, a green pepper. Okay. Um, but, so you can uh, add that in too. Yeah, add that in too if you want. If okay. you want a little bit of heat. Uh, this one is uh, good for the kids, yes. uh, for a quick uh, lunch with the kids. Yes. Grilled cheese roll-ups. roll-ups. Yeah, and it goes really well with your soup, too. So Yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. Sure. So um, grilled cheese roll-ups, uh, eight slices of bread, uh, take the crust off, um, eight slices of your favorite cheese, American, cheddar, whatever, and some butter. So use a rolling pin, flat, flatten out your bread squares uh, to about a fourth inch thick. <laughs> you flatten your Yeah, your you're flattening bread. it because yeah. it's easier to roll then. Right, sure. So place your cheese slices on top of each of the bread slices of bread, mm-hmm. then roll them up tightly. Uh, melt two tablespoons of butter in a large skillet over a medium-high heat. Uh, uh, working in batches, add your rolled up, rolled up bread into the skillet. Okay. And, and you're going to... Um, Gonna You're going to kind of roll them uh, let, as you so let them you cook. Can, yeah, so, so you're cooking all sides of it. Um, and um, and then um, until your cheese is melted, about three to four minutes so or so. So it doesn't take long. No, yeah. no. The, add more butter as needed because your bread's going to soak up that butter. So mm-hmm. add more more uh, butter as needed um, until you're all done and then serve immediately. Yeah, there you go. Real, real easy to do. And yeah. Uh, uh, great again, great for the kids on the weekend. You know when you get yeah. want to get them into the kitchen. Yep, grilled cheese roll ups. Yep. and then for dessert, we've got a Reese's candy pie. Yeah, this is really easy. So just a graham cracker crust. Uh, make your own or buy one from the store. Uh, one eight ounce container of Cool Whip, one eight ounce package of cream cheese, and a bag of your miniature uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, crushed up, cut up. Uh, blend the Cool Whip and the cream cheese. Uh, most of the Reese cups um, save some of the Reese cups for the top. Okay. Um, so blend all that together. Pour into your pie crust. Sprinkle the extra candy toppings on top, and then let the pie sit in the fridge for about thirty minutes, and then serve. Mm. So really easy. You know what I'm thinking uh, is that it would be really good if you used the peanut butter cups in the pie yeah. and then topped it with the uh, Reese's Pieces. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd you be good. Do, you could do something like that. Yep. Or the other way around, yeah. I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, as well. You mm-hmm. could put, I would but think the Reese's Pieces would probably be better. Yeah, yeah, the cups in the pie and the yeah. Reese's, and the Reese's, Reese's on Pieces the top. on top. Yeah, you So that, that would be too. good. And again, it's just... You could use any other type of candy bar too. You don't have to use Reese's Cups. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You could you use could, Snickers, you could use Milky Way. Butterfinger would be really good. Butterfinger would be really good. So, and yeah, it's really easier. Just the cool with the cream cheese and your candy and boom, that's yep. it. So, yep. no calories in that, by the way. Nope, that is absolutely calorie free. Yeah. 
Ready for January. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A uh, collection of uh, yummy comfort food recipes to warm you up on a cold winter's day from Kyra's Kitchen. We have those uh, recipes uh, posted on our webpage yep. and uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, Facebook? on the uh, Facebook page on the WFIN Facebook page and linked up at our webpage, webpage. at goodmornings.net. And as we say, again, as we head into a new year, if you have a recipe that you would like to share, we would be more than happy to share it with others. Uh, just uh, shoot us over an email, send us the recipe, goodmornings at wfin.com. Uh, if you have a request for a recipe uh, for something that you would like to find, I've been looking for a good recipe for whatever, uh, you let us know and we'll get Kyra on the case. Uh, again, good mornings at wfin.com. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday, talk a little politics. Conventional wisdom says Republicans should be well positioned to win back control of Congress in this year's midterm elections. But the latest polling data suggests the GOP advantage has all but evaporated in recent weeks. And one former Bush administration official believes she knows why. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.